The Bible Study Podcast, episode 562. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings chapter 20. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with the story of the kings and, of course, with the two prophets that we left you with last week, Elijah and Elijah. Now, one thing that I do want to tie in last week's episode, remember last week in 1 Kings 19, Elijah had said, I'm the only one, I'm the only one left, and he was told by God it's not true. There are 7,000 people who have not bowed a knee to the false gods, to Baal or Asherah. And then he gave him some specific instructions, and that is relevant to this week because one of his things was to go and anoint Hazael king over Aram, and another was to anoint the new king of Israel in place of Ahab, who he has been on the run from and then also to go and anoint Elisha as his successor. Well, and I mention that because the current king of Aram is in this particular chapter, 1 Kings 20. Ben-Hadad attacks Samaria. Now, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mustered his entire army. Accompanied by 32 kings with their horses and chariots, he went up and besieged Samaria and attacked it. He sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, saying, This is what Ben-Hadad says, Your silver and gold are mine, and the best of your wives and children are mine. The king of Israel answered, Just as you say, my lord the king, I and all I have are yours. The messengers came again and said, This is what Ben-Hadad says. I sent to demand your silver and gold, your wives and your children. But about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send my officials to search your palace and the houses of your officials. They will seize everything you value and carry it away. The king of Israel summoned all the elders of the land and said to them, See how this man is looking for trouble. When he sent for my wives and my children, my silver and my gold, I did not refuse him. The elders and the people all answered, Don't listen to him or agree to his demands. So he replied to Ben-Hadad's messengers, Tell my lord the king, your servant will do all you demanded the first time, but this demand I cannot meet. They left and took the answer back to Ben-Hadad. Then Ben-Hadad sent another message to Ahab, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even dust remains in Samaria to give each of my men a handful. The king of Israel answered, Tell him, one who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. Ben-Hadad heard this message while he and the kings were drinking in their tents, and he ordered his men prepare to attack. So they prepared to attack the city. So we get Ben-Hadad here, who is king of Aram, and again, Elisha knows something that Ben-Hadad doesn't know, which is his days are numbered. God has already determined somebody else is going to be king in Aram. And so Elijah was told in the last chapter to go and appoint someone as the new king. Well, this is going to be of great news to Ben-Hadad, who probably has not heard this. He is fairly successful. He has, it seems, minor kings reporting to him. And again, a king at this time isn't necessarily king of more than a city. This isn't a kingship that is necessarily huge. But Aram is apparently big enough that it has attracted other things. And it's also big enough that when he goes to Israel, to the ten tribes of Israel that are ruled by Ahab, and says, 
hey, you're going to give me all your gold and the best of your wives and children, he says, sure. Right? You have to have a pretty good reputation and have to be pretty intimidating for people to answer in that way. Yes, you can have all of my gold and you can have all my kids, but you can't have everything from the palace. So there's, there's some limit we're going to put on here. And he goes to the elders at some point when the demand gets even bigger. Right, Ben-Hadad has this great deal and looks for an even better deal. So he goes, Ahab goes to the elders and they say, no, just tell him no. He doesn't tell him no, you can't have anything. He says, that first deal I agreed to, that's still on. But the second one, you can't just walk through my palace and pick everything of value. I'll give you the gold, I'll give you the kids, I'll give you the wives. And they are insulted. The deal has changed. You better hope I don't change it again if we may quote from Empire Strikes Back. But he says, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even the dust remains in Samaria. Now, as we've already dealt with a couple chapters ago in Kings, the gods are false. And so the one hope that Israel has is that despite the fact that they have been unfaithful, one big hope would be, will God fight for them? And then I like this quote here. So he says, we're going to reduce you to dust. And Ahab says, tell him one who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. In other words, you haven't done anything yet. Save your boast for after you have done something. Don't boast about telling me what you're going to do. Boast about telling me what you have done. And then we continue on. Ahab defeats Ben-Hadad. Well, that sort of gave things away. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, This is what the Lord says. Do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know that I am the Lord. But who will do this? asked Ahab. The prophet replied, This is what the Lord says. The junior officers under the provincial commanders will do it. And who will start the battle? he asked. The prophet answered, You will. So Ahab summoned the 232 junior officers under the provincial commanders. Then he assembled the rest of the Israelites, 7,000 in all. They set out at noon when Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings allied with him were in their tents getting drunk. The junior officers under the provincial commanders went out first. Now Ben-Hadad had dispatched scouts who reported men are advancing from Samaria. He said, if they have come out for peace, take them alive. If they have come out for war, take them alive. The junior officers under the provincial commanders marched out of the city with the army behind them, and each one struck down his opponent. At that, the Arameans fled with the Israelites in pursuit, but Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, escaped on horseback with some of his horsemen. The king of Israel advanced and overpowered the horses and chariots and inflicted heavy losses on the Arameans. Afterward, the prophet came to the king of Israel and said, Strengthen your position and see what must be done, because next spring the king of Aram will attack you again. Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, Their gods are gods of the hills. That is why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than them. Do this. Remove all the kings from their commands and replace them with other officers. You must also raise an army like the one you lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot, so we can fight Israel on the plains. Then surely we will be stronger than they. He agreed with them and acted accordingly. The next spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up 
to Aphek to fight against Israel. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite them like two small flocks of goats, while the Arameans covered the countryside. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands, and you will know that I am the Lord. For seven days they camped opposite each other, and on the seventh day the battle was joined. The Israelites inflicted a hundred thousand casualties on the Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest of them escaped to the city of Aphek, where the wall collapsed on 27,000 of them. And Ben-Hadad fled to the city and hid in an inner room. His officials said to him, Look, we have heard that the kings of Israel are merciful. Let us go to the king of Israel with sackcloth around our waists and ropes around our heads. Perhaps he will spare your life. Wearing sackcloth around their waists and ropes around their heads, they went to, to the they went to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. The king answered, Is he still alive? He is my brother. The men took this as a good sign and were quick to pick up the word, Yes, your brother Ben-Hadad, they said. Go and get him, the king said. When Ben-Hadad came out, Ahad had him come up into his chariot. I will return the cities my father took from your father, Ben-Hadad offered. You may set up your own market areas in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria. Ahab said, On the basis of a treaty, I will set you free. So he made a treaty with him and let him go. So again, the one hope that Israel had was that if God fought for them. And so we have this unknown prophet. Remember, Elijah learned that he is not the only prophet. He is not the only one. In fact, we learned that Obadiah had saved a hundred prophets when they had tried to kill all the prophets in Israel. And this is possibly one of those. But he basically comes and says, you're going to fight, you're going to win. And the reason why you're going to win is God wants you to know that he is God. Now, God just did this big demonstration with Elijah just two chapters ago, and they still didn't know. So I'm not sure that this is going to work, except that it's going to defeat the Arameans. And so they defeat the Arameans, and the Arameans go, oh, well, they've got gods of the hills, so let's fight them on the plains. And they raise yet another army, and they're defeated yet again in, in spectacular fashion. They are hugely defeated. We don't know how big an army it was either the first or the second time, but we know the second time they took over 120,000 losses, so it was bigger than that. And we know that the Israelites had 7,000 in the first It's possible they had a much bigger army in the second time, or it's possible, as they said, that they were a much smaller army. They were like this flock of goats in front of this army that covered the hillsides or covered the, the valley. And so God says, I want you to see that I am God. These others are false gods, right? And so them putting their faith in their gods is going to cause them defeat. And so they defeat them, and Ben-Hadad is hiding because he's afraid that he's going to be killed. But Ahab says, no, no, you're my brother, and let's make a treaty. Now, he didn't consult the prophet first. And so it goes like this. A prophet condemns Ahab. By the word of the Lord, one of the company of the prophets said to his companion, strike me with your weapon, but he refused. So the prophet said, because you have not obeyed the Lord, as soon as you leave me, a lion will kill you. And after the man went away, a lion found him and killed him. 
Then the prophet found another man and said, Strike me, please. So the man struck him and wounded him. Then the prophet went and stood by the road waiting for the king. He disguised himself with his headband down over his eyes. As the king passed by, the prophet came out to him. Your servant went into the thick of battle, and someone came to me with a captive and said, Guard this man. If he is missing, it will be your life for his life, or you must pay a talent of silver. While your servant was busy here and there, the man disappeared. That is your sentence, the king of Israel said. You have pronounced it on yourself. Then the prophet removed the headband from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. He said to the king, This is what the Lord says. You have set free a man I had determined should die. Therefore, it is your life for his life, your people for his people. Sullen and angry, the king of Israel went to his palace in Samaria. And so it was not God's plan that the king Ben-Hadad got away. Remember, Elijah had already pointed somebody else in his place. Ben-Hadad's days were over. And now Ahab has condemned himself by freeing this man. And the prophet shows him this in this funny way of disguising himself and then letting him uh, basically condemn himself as he condemns this person who he thinks is a soldier. It's very similar to how the prophet Nathan confronted David with a little subterfuge going on here. And, uh, of course, there's this weird story about, you know, you didn't hit me like you were supposed to, and so you're going to go eaten by a lion. That's a little odd. Um, But you do what the prophets say. This is really one of the things we're learning from this story. Now, one of the things, remember, we've said Ahab is not a good king. He's not a king who follows God, and he's not a king in the fashion of David. And the two ways we see that, one is he's been worshiping false gods, but two is when he is condemned, he is sullen and angry, right? He isn't repentant like David was when David was condemned. Now he's being told he's going to die, so that might make one uh, certainly sullen, but there may have been a chance that God would change his mind if he had reacted differently. Will God or won't God? You'll have to come back next time and find that out. But for now, we'll walk away with the lesson that you do what God says when you know it, and certainly when the prophets tell you, that's a great way to know it. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.